Thanks for listening to the Faith Assembly podcast. If you're in the Orlando area, we hope you're able to join us for one of our services. Please check out faithassembly.org for more information or follow us on social media at faithORL. We hope this message will be an inspiration to help you find all that God has for your life. Enjoy the message. Um, I want to just take a moment and I want to just honor our lead pastor, Pastor Johnny. He's uh, away right now, but don't you just love your pastor? We just love our pastor, and, and I can just say that him and Jamie, they're just like heroes to me, and probably to many of you too, that, man, without their leadership, without their, um, what they're just uh, doing in our lives, I just don't even know where I would be. So maybe you can relate, but like Pastor Johnny and Jamie, I just, they might be watching, they might not, but I just wanted to take a moment and honor them. Can we just put our hands together for our, our lead pastors tonight, and they love you, and, and they'll be back. Um, this week. So it's going to be incredible. And, and, and it's really just an honor to, to speak tonight. Um, 20 years ago, about 20 years ago, I walked into uh, our Goldenrod location. And, um, and it was my first time ever at Faith Assembly. And I remember worship was happening. And Pastor Carl, you were preaching that night, Sunday nights at six. And um, and my life was forever changed because of this church. And I just want to take a moment. I just want to honor Pastors Carl and Alice for the work that you've done over all the years. I've been so impacted. So I honor you. This is just a privilege to be up here. So there's just honor all around. And I get to serve on one of the most amazing teams. Um, I can say that the team of Faith Assembly is a godly um, people-loving, humble team. And, um, and I know that you know that, but I just can't, I can't just thank God enough for, for the, the leadership that we have here. So Pastor Matt, I mean, I, I, could, I could recognize everybody, but don't, aren't you just so grateful for the team here? We just have an incredible team and, um, and we're blessed and, and we're gonna see this city change. Come on. Come on, we're going to see Orlando change forever. We're going to see this city impacted forever. Faith Assembly, we're not just a church where we come and we just hear the word and we just go live a quiet life that, that doesn't impact anybody, but we're here to see a city changed. Does anybody believe that tonight? Man, I just believe that God is doing something new, something fresh in all of our lives. And I believe that he has a word for you in this season. I believe that the word that he's given me tonight is for you. It's for me. About a month ago when I was asked to speak tonight, I felt like the Lord dropped something in my, in my heart. And it was just this phrase, the mind of Christ. The mind of Christ. And I was like, okay, Lord, the mind of Christ. I know that's scripture, but... You want me to speak on the mind of Christ. And, and for, for a week or two, I'm praying and I'm thinking. And, and, and the mind, the, the, this phrase, the mind of Christ, wouldn't leave my mind. It wouldn't get out of my spirit. So I said, Lord, that's you. So I've been praying. I've been preparing. And I believe that I have a word from God for our church tonight. If you're ready for God to speak to you, come on, just make some noise. Let's just give him some praise tonight. I believe something important is going to happen in our hearts and in our lives today. And um, before I jump in and pray, um, since I know that I haven't met all of you yet, or maybe I'm still new to you, um, I just want to show a picture. I think I have it, but um, I have a picture of my family 
And um, you can throw it up on the screen. That's my wife, Crystal. And she's a worshiper. She is an artist. And she's the exact opposite of me in every single way. <laughs> but we, we compliment each other, and it's just been amazing. And, and uh, I got my son Lincoln over there. He, he just turned seven, and he just, he's so creative and interesting. And I just, you know, think that, you know, he just has something special inside of him that God is doing. And my daughter, Briar Rose, she's right there. She's got spunk. She's got attitude. And I love it because, come on, we're going to have some fiery women of God leading the way in this city. And I believe my daughter is going to be one of those people. So I'm talking about the mind of Christ, and, and how many were you, of you were here Sunday? Yeah, yeah. How good was Pastor Matt's message? Man, I'm still, I'm still, like, you need to go watch that if you haven't watched it. It was unreal, and I believe that, that God is speaking something to us about what's in our hearts and what's in our minds, and I believe that this message is going to speak to possibly another part of, of what God wants to say in regards to our minds. And, and um, let me pray, and then we'll jump in. Lord, we love you tonight. God, we sit here in this sanctuary. We are online believing that you are going to speak something to each one of us. God, there's not a person in this room you don't want to speak to. There's not a person in this room you don't want to uh, extend your love to, extend your comfort to. So God, we just take this moment to put distractions away, put whatever's on our mind away, and we just uh, hone in to what you have to say. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Can you say amen? Amen. Well, one of the greatest revelations that I ever learned was this, that not every thought that falls into my mind is allowed to stay there. How many of you know thoughts just fall into our mind and we need to take them to the trash, right? If they're not the good ones. But thoughts just fall into our minds and if we're not careful, our mind becomes a place that is just unguarded and is just all over the place. And scripture tells us that there's something called the mind of Christ that we can have. And, and, and if you know that if things just fall in your mind and we're not watching out for what's falling in our mind, man, our, our, our mind can just feel pretty chaotic, right? I mean, we've all experienced that before. And I want to read what um, it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. This is going to be like a little mini study on 1 Corinthians chapter 2 about our minds. And if, if you can, you can open up your Bible. I brought my digital Bible that you can share with me up there. And uh, we're going to read 1 Corinthians chapter 2. It says this. This is what... The scriptures mean when they say, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. But it was to us that God revealed these secret, these things by his spirit, for his spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets. No one can know a person's thoughts except the person's own spirit, and no one knows God's thoughts except God's own spirit. And we have received God's spirit, not the world's spirit, so we know the wonderful things God has freely given us. When we tell you these things, we do not use words that come from human wisdom. Instead, we speak words given to us by the spirit using the Spirit's words to explain spiritual truths. But people who aren't spiritual can't receive these truths from God's Spirit. It all sounds foolish to them, and they can't understand, for only those who are spiritual can understand what the Spirit means. Those who are spiritual can evaluate all things, but they themselves cannot be evaluated by others. For who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who knows enough to teach him? 
But we understand these things, for we have the mind of Christ. And as we look into 1 Corinthians, I want to just share with you that this is being written by the Apostle Paul. And the Apostle Paul wrote this to the church in Corinth. And the church in Corinth is a church that he knows really well. He spent a year and a half um, starting this church, building this church. This is a, a, in a huge city. This, there's, there's lots of worship to Roman and Greek gods. And, and he started this church in this, in this city. And it's thriving. And then he, he and you can can read about this in Acts chapter 18, and then he goes to plant more churches, and he starts to hear reports that the church in Corinth is experiencing all these problems. So we're kind of reading about a little drama here. Come on, there's some drama in the Bible. And the churches in Corinth is going uh, into this place of uh, just problems, and chapter one is talking about them just having divisions in the church. And what I love about the Apostle Paul is he he sees the problems that the church is having, and he responds to the problem with the gospel. So we all have problems in our life, right? And the, our best response is, well, what does the gospel say? So what the church in Corinth is experiencing is all these problems. So he goes, you know what? I'm going to address all of their issues, and I'm going to respond it back with the gospel. And in chapter 2, where we're, he, he, he's, he, he's talking about that we don't always have to have what they're going after in chapter 1, where they're fighting over whose disciple they are. There's a lot of people in the world that, man, they just, they fight over things, and they fight over this, and they fight over that, and they fight over what church they go to, and they fight over what song they like, right? And they fight over this and fight over that. And, and, and what, what, what um, the Apostle Paul says is he goes, you know what? Our allegiance is to Christ. We brag on Christ. And in chapter 2, what he's saying is the wisdom that you need it's not always just going to come from people. The wisdom that you need is going to come from the Spirit of God. So this is a little bit of background on, on what's happening here. And, and we just read that scripture. And, and this, is, this is such a cool thing right here. Is that, um, is that we have the Spirit of God living inside of us. And he transforms our mind. And today, um, I want to title this message, I've Made Up My Mind. Have you ever made up your mind about something? <laughs> like, like we make up our mind all the time about things, little things, big things. Like, man, I'm going to make up my mind about what I'm going to wear tonight. I'm going to make up my mind about where I'm going to go or what college I'm going to go to or, what, or, or where I want to live. And we make up our mind about little things and big things. And not too long ago, my family was making up our mind like collectively about something that we wanted to do. Um, we were at a, uh, a, a pet store called Petland. Maybe you've seen it at Waterford. <laughs> it's right next to Chuck E. Cheese. So, you know, danger for, you know, expensive day for if you, if you got kids. And we're at Petland, and, and we go in, and in Petland, you can see all the dogs. How many know what I'm talking about? Right, you go in, you see all the dogs, and you can, like, pick out the puppies. And, and what we were doing for so long, because my kids didn't know you could take these dogs home. <laughs> So this was like, we go to Petland, and it's like a free zoo. 
like a little 30 minute zoo. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> and you could take the dogs out and they have these like little living room type areas. You can play with the dog and then, you know, um, you start to get pet fever. How many people have had pet fever before? Where you're just like, man, I really am, I want to get a new pet, I want to get a new dog, a new cat, whatever. And, and the, the nice thing about Petland is if you have pet fever, if you ask them how much the dog costs, they, they start at 3000 Like the dumb dogs that are like, are you, that's 3000 And then as they build up, you know, they get closer to five for the dogs that people actually want. So we go into Petland, and, and, and I see that there's actually not a lot of dogs in the, in the little windows. And I was like, hey, is everything okay? I mean, is, is there like a shortage on dogs with this whole COVID, I don't know, whatever we're going through? <laughs> and they go, no, there's a law that's been passed, and we can't have dogs anymore. Crazy, right? I didn't know that. And so, so there's like a few dogs in there, and I was like, okay, well, we'll just see him. So my daughter picks out this white fluffy one, and she loves it, and its name is Marshmallow, and we're playing with Marshmallow, and, and, and then my, my son sees one, and, and it's a fox-looking dog, so he named it Fox, so we're playing with Fox in this little room, and, and, then, and then I see one of the, the dogs that I actually really would want to have, this breed. It's called a German Shepherd, and just... I think we got an owner over here, and, and I would love to have a German Shepherd. So we get the German Shepherd out. We're playing with all these dogs, and we're just like, man, this is amazing. And I go, well, well how much? I just I always like to know the price so I can then say, yeah, this is a horrible idea. So I go, how much is the German Shepherd? And he goes, oh, it's 1000 I go, 1000 I'm like, I could probably figure out somehow 1000 you know, you could sell this, sell that. And, and I'm starting, my mind is starting to get into pet fever. And, and, and my family, we're all like trying to like, we're thinking about a dog. I'm not trying to give away any cards, you know, like, any, you know, show my hand or whatever. And, and, and we all want to get a dog. And it's eventually like, you know what? No, we just can't do it. We leave. And, and you know what's funny is two weeks later, we're still talking about the dogs. My, my, my daughter's still asking, can we go get marshmallow? Can I get marshmallow for my birthday or for Christmas? And it just shows you that there is just power in our thoughts. There's power in the things that we think about. There is power. And I believe that God created us in a way to be influenced and to think and to make things happen based on the thoughts and the experiences that we have. And today I believe that God wants us to make up our mind to be people that really get to the place that say, you know what, my mind, it's always going to just be on Jesus Christ. My mind's going to be on Christ no matter what's happening, no matter what's going on. I'm going to make up my mind to have the mind of Christ. You can still think about dogs too, just to be clear. You can think about dogs too. But our minds are powerful and productive and they dictate the course of our lives I mean, I don't know if you've ever thought about what you're thinking about. You ever thought about what you're thinking about? <laughs> like you're driving down the road and you see the gas prices. Oh, there goes the gas prices again. They're so high. Oh, this country, it's just going there. You know, like and we, and we start to think about things, right? Have you ever thought about what you're thinking about? Or man, like man, Grocery prices, man, they are just, ah, uh, this and that. Have you ever thought about what you're thinking about? Have you ever thought about, like, man, when a negative thought about somebody comes into my mind about my, my spouse or my kids or my coworker or my boss, what am I doing with that? What would God want me to do with that? 
I would say that he wants to help us have the mind of Christ. So, well, what's the mind? The mind is this. The mind is our feelings. It's our thoughts. It's our intent. It's our purposes and our heart. And all those can be influenced by, by having the mind of Christ, which is this, the awareness of Christ through his spirit. Having the mind of Christ does not mean that we no longer have our own thoughts. It simply means that our outlook, our faith, and our hope is shaped by the transforming power of Jesus Christ through his spirit. So what we think and influence and are influenced by are incredibly important because our mind is being influenced all the time by social media, by things that we read, by things that we're allowing ourselves to just watch or take in. And for people that are focused on Christ, this is incredibly good news because when we focus our minds on Christ, we're gonna have the mind of Christ. But for those who are maybe concerned with like the 24-7 like news cycle and, and just the outrageous things that are happening in culture, man, it can be an overwhelming thing. And this is where we really need to have the mind of Christ. We have to make up our mind that no matter what it takes, I'm going to have the mind of Christ. Come on, is anybody in here just ready to say, God, my mind, I lay it down at your feet. I lay it down at your feet. Come on, faith assembly. I believe that we are a church, that we lay everything at the feet of Jesus, including our thoughts, including our hearts, including our decisions. And, and when that happens, we start to take on the mind of Christ. And I want to share with you just a few things um, about the mind of Christ. The first thing that I believe we have to do to understand the mind of Christ is this. I've made up my mind to, number one, have the attitude of Christ. Have you ever noticed that in every line of scripture, in every account of Jesus, in everything, in every place that Jesus went to, that he never ended up confused or lost or led astray? Right, because he had the mind of Christ. And you're like, well, that's unfair. Like, how am I supposed to have the mind of Christ? And Paul addresses this in, in Corinthians, and he actually talks about this by quoting Isaiah chapter 40, verse 13. He says this, uh, it'll be up on the screen. Who can fathom the spirit of the Lord or instruct the Lord as his counselor? So he's, he's, he's bringing up Isaiah chapter 40, where Isaiah is saying, who can fathom the spirit of the Lord or instruct the Lord as his counselor? Isaiah is saying that no one can have the mind of Christ. But then Paul says that we can have the mind of Christ. The Old Testament prophet Isaiah says, who can understand God? No one. But then Paul says, who can understand God? Well, you can. So why? It says in verse 16, for who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who knows enough to teach him? See, this is Isaiah 40 right here. And then he says this, but we understand these things for we have the mind of Christ. So Paul is saying here is that through Jesus' sacrifice and through the spirit that now lives inside of us and will fill us and overflow in us, do you know what we now have access to that not everybody had access to? Do you know what we can now have in our minds and in our hearts that not everybody could always have access to? The mind of Christ, the spirit of Christ. So we're living in a time right now where no matter what we're facing, we can have the mind of Christ. How exciting is that? That no matter what's going on in our life, no matter what we're praying about, no matter what we're facing, we can have the mind of Christ. Man, that gets me excited. And I hope it gets you excited too because it means that no matter what you are facing, you can have the attitude of Christ. 
Our attitude is this. Our attitude is our disposition. It's our feeling towards life. It's how we position ourselves. And I love what Philippians chapter 2 verse 5 says. It says that you must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. (laughs) So it was now we have access because of, of what God has done and what God has given us. And then now we must have the attitude that Christ Jesus had. (laughs) So God is saying, you know what? I've given you everything that you need to have the same attitude that I had. At least do your best at it, right? (laughs) And I think that if we were to ask most people, well, what was Jesus's attitude like? I don't think this room would be like this, but hey, what do you think Jesus was like? Oh, I think that, I think Jesus was just, you know, Uh, just quiet and and humble, and he had a little lamb on his shoulder. (laughs) Oh, that picture, you know? And Jesus is just this little meek and mild, quiet little guy who just walked around Jerusalem for a little bit. Oh, no. Come on, our Savior, our Jesus had an attitude that was above every other attitude. He had the attitude that went, went out into the world to say, you know what, this world is going to be changed. He, wasn't, he was humble, but he wasn't, he wasn't a pushover. He had the attitude that changed this world, and he, he gave it to us to have access to. Come on, we have the Lion of the tribe of Judah. He is, the, he is our salvation. He is the God who bore all of our our sins on the cross. He is not a weak Jesus. He is a strong Jesus. He's not timid and quiet. He is strong and victorious. And because we have the Spirit of God living inside of us, we can walk in victory and not defeat. We can walk with authority and not timidity. We can face down any lie of the enemy because we have the truth of God on our side. We have the lion of the tribe of Judah. I believe that this is a picture right here of of attitude. You know, what's interesting about lions is they are not the greatest in the jungle. You're like, what? They're not. You think, okay, check this out. Do you think an elephant could easily kill a lion? Yeah, what's the difference? Attitude. You know who kills more people than lions in the jungle? A hippopotamus. They kill way more. But do you know why they are so revered by other animals and revered by us? Because of attitude. And I believe that there's an attitude that we can have with the mind of Christ that says, you know what? I can face every situation with the mind of Christ on my side. I can go into my workplace, and you know what? I can, I'm going to be humble, and I'm going to love, but you know what? I've got God on my side. I've got God in my heart, God in my mind. I'm going to be victorious. Come on, you can go into any situation with the attitude of Christ on your side. Like, I don't even, like, I, I just, I'm at the place where I just don't even care about things that are going to try to steal my faith. I don't. I don't even care. I don't care about gas prices. I don't care about grocery prices. I don't care about any of it. I don't care about inflation. Are you saying that none of those things matter? No. But do you know what matters more to me? What God says. I am not going to give any of more of my time to things that don't truly matter. My God says that he will supply all of my needs. So when I fill up my gas tank, and it might be my last bit of money, do you know what I do? 
thank you, Lord, that the money's on the way, that I'm going to have what I need. When I'm checking out on Walmart, sorry, guys, that's what we do. I got kids. I need to pick that stuff up. (laughs) Some people love going into the store with their kids. Not me. Don't ever want to do it again. Worst experience in my life. I don't know that we've really gone grocery shopping with a cart in years. Like, we've just picked up at the Walmart pickup. God bless them. They're amazing. I tip them. Like, if you do it, tip them. (laughs) They're awesome. But I don't care what my groceries cost anymore. I'm not going to complain about it. I'm not going to whine about it. Because you know who wouldn't whine or complain about it? Jesus. (laughs) Jesus would not be sitting here today saying, guys, the gas prices, you know, they're really an issue And I'm not minimizing things because I know that there's financial struggle and hardship. But it's what we do with the things that we're encountering. It's the attitude that we encounter these things that matters. So what I'm saying is, yeah, we're all in the same boat. We're all experiencing the same thing. But my attitude's going to be different. Your attitude's going to be different. So I don't care what things say. I, I just don't care. I don't care what the news says anymore. I care about things that are happening in the world. But you know what? Those news channels are paid to feed us fear. That's all it is. So I'm like, yeah, I'll check in real quick. But no, I'm not going to stay on this cycle. I'm on a mission. You're on a mission. Come on. This city needs us, and it needs us to be undistracted. It needs us to be filled with the mind of Christ. It needs us to be people that are not just obsessed with what's happening in the world, but we're going out into the world. I'm talking about the mind of Christ, the attitude of Christ. And we need to have the the attitude and the mentality that Jesus would want us to have. When we face our challenges, we have to evaluate our attitude. When we face our our things, we need to say, well, well, now that I'm facing this, what what am I going to do with it? One of the things I love about Jesus is, is that I never can find a scripture where he's describing all of his problems. Where he's saying, man, this is just such a hard thing that I'm going through. I mean, he doesn't go and he just, he's not describing his problems. Oh, I just, I grew up and I was born in a manger. I wasn't really even born in a nice house. And I just, I've had it so hard. (laughs) He's never saying, oh, you know, I just, my father, he's, you know, I I love my my heavenly father. But you know what? Uh, He, I I came here and I'm going to die on a cross, like, He's not describing his problems. You know what he's doing? He's declaring how good his God is, how good the Father is. He's, de- he's describing and declaring how faithful that, uh, that, that the Lord is and, and he is the Lord and how good his Father is and how it is going to work out. He's always just speaking out faith. He's always just speaking out faith. Man, he is such a good God. He is such a good God. And we need to be people that don't describe our problems, but we declare in faith. <laughs> we do. And I, I believe there's a room here of people that, that, that feel that and know that. And I believe as faith assembly, come on, our name is faith assembly. We don't describe our problems, but we describe through faith. We describe, we, we, we declare in faith. Because we don't, we, one of the things is, is we can't be speaking out victory We can't be praying for victory yet always speaking defeat. 
We can't be like, oh God, like I'm just praying for victory in my finances. I'm praying for victory in my family. I'm praying for victory in this. And then we go out and say, oh, I'm just the brokest person that has ever lived. And I'm just this and that. And we go and, and man, we just describe it. Man, my kids, they're just horrible. They have the worst attitude, you know. And we just go out and we say, man, I just don't think I'm ever going to be able to get a house because of the housing market and PMI and all this stuff. And, and like, and we can, we, we can be praying for things but speaking defeat. And Jesus, he didn't ever speak defeat. He spoke out in faith. So that dream in your heart, man, you might be praying for it, but you speak, you speak victory and you speak faith over that dream. Come on, we have to speak these things and release the faith and say, you know what? I don't know how it's gonna happen, but my, my God is gonna come through. <laughs> I think God doesn't want us to know how it's gonna happen. I think that's the faith part of it where we say, you know what? I think God will give us just enough, but then what's left is faith. So, so whatever you might be facing in your life, God has given you enough in that job, in that business, in that thing that you're pursuing, in that thing that you're praying for, but I believe that God has given you enough, but what's left over is, is for you to have faith. So we can't be people that, that speak death over that little part and speak defeat over that little part. Man, I, I don't know about you, but I want every word that comes out of, out of my mouth to be faith. Man, just faith. I'm just having faith. <laughs> I even, like, man, I love everybody, but I, I just, I can't be around people that, that, that just continually speak negativity and faithlessness. I love everybody, right? But I know I'm sensitive. Like, I, we're all sensitive, right? We, we all experience things from other people. And I wanna be around people that are, man, we can do it. Come on, let's go. Let's do this. Let's see what God wants to do. Come on, we can do this. We can take the hill. Come on, we can do it. And I believe that's this kind of attitude that Jesus wants us to have in every area of our life. You might be in sin today. You might be experiencing some sin today. I just wanna tell you that, man, God loves you, man, and, and you need to quit feeling and speaking defeat over your life. You need to let the shame go. Come on, you need to let it go and you need to say, you know what, my God, he is gonna transform me into a new person. He's gonna take my mind, he's gonna take it and he's gonna make me new. God doesn't expect perfection. I think he does expect progress, but he doesn't expect perfection. I love what Romans chapter two says. It says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. So how powerful is this that if we can have the mind of Christ and he'll start to transform our mind to be more like his, you know what happens after that? We start to know his will better and better. His good and pleasing and what? Perfect will. See, God wants to do something incredible in each and every one of us. We can't live by speaking defeat, you know? I've just found that maybe people that, you know, are always speaking defeat, they always need a miracle. Nothing wrong with miracles. <laughs> We've all needed a miracle before. But we don't live by, by, by miracles, we live by faith. 
So to have the mind of Christ, I believe that we're going to, yes, we'll experience miracles, but man, we're, we're just going to constantly see God moving that we don't always need some like, oh my gosh, I need a miracle and this and this and this. Nothing wrong with miracles. God's an amazing God who gives us miracles. But I hope you hear my heart that, that we need to be people that have the mind of Christ and the attitude of Christ, that we're not just living from miracle to miracle, but we're living from faith to faith, strength to strength, glory to glory. My kids, um, they, uh, you know, they watch all these kids shows. It's horrible. <laughs> I'm in that phase right now, but I'm grateful. I love my, my kids. And, um, but there's this one show that they watch, and it's, it's got the worst theme song I've ever heard. It's, it's a show called Tro-Tro. Don't just like, don't, don't ever watch it. <laughs> it's got this theme song, and the theme song, like, was written off key, like, have you ever banged a piano? Like, bum, 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 bum. The theme song has a piano in it, and it's all like they're hitting multiple notes at the same time, and it sounds horrible. <laughs> and, and parents, I don't know if you've ever done this before, but we were watching the show, and my kids left to go like do something, and I'm just sitting there watching the show for like 20 minutes. <laughs> you ever do that? I'm watching the show that I hate with all my heart. I will, speak, I will speak defeat over this show because I hate it. And we're watching this show, and they go away, and I'm watching it, and, I'm, and, and the episodes are shorter, like five or seven minutes or something like that. So I'm hearing this theme song like three times. And then I'm like, what am I doing? I'm watching this show. I change it. But the theme song gets stuck in my head on repeat. How many of you have had a song on, on repeat in your head before? I've had like songs on repeat in my head for years before. Has anybody have, ever had that? Just like you've had a song in your head on repeat? And without realizing this, this song is on repeat in my mind. And our thoughts and minds can be like that where songs can get put or, or, or thoughts can get put on repeat in our heads and they can become almost like automatic. So what we need to do is we need to say, Lord, what thoughts and beliefs am I believing right now? And what are you asking me to do with those thoughts that are on repeat? Some of you, it gets passed down from your family, just like, man, thought patterns and things and, and whatever. So we have to encounter those. But we have to say, God, what is going through my mind? Because we can think things like, man, I'm just never going to get this. I'm never going to experience that. Man, just looks like the devil's winning in my life. Right? We've all had those thoughts before. Just whatever it is. Ten years ago, something like that, I didn't experiment. And, um, and, and I, I wanted just to do an experiment on my, on my thoughts and on my life. And, and what I did is I got out a little clicker app. Like I downloaded an app. You know when you go into a place and you can click when you go in? And I said, you know what? I want to count how many negative thoughts came into my mind for like that day. I just wanted to see. And I thought it'd be like, oh, 20, something like that. It was almost 100. And you're like, oh, well, you're a pastor. That's great news. Hey, do it yourself. You're going to be 300. You're going to be 400. No, I'm just kidding. And I was like, little or big, right? Little or big, you know, I was going to count it. And what I, what, this is what the revelation that I got was that our thoughts matter. What we do with our thoughts matter. And I love what it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. It says, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. 
Come on, is there anybody in this room today that you just want to take every thought captive? Not every thought is allowed to just be in your mind. I believe that there's some people here tonight that you're going to say, you know what, my mind is not going to be a battlefield. It's going to be a place of victory. But what we have to do is we have to make it a place of victory on purpose. That's why if you haven't jumped into this new thing that we're doing, it's a rebranding of, of a, a prior course, but we're doing something here called Journey of Faith. And we have two, over 200 people, almost 250 people going through it right now. And what it is, it's a 10-week discipleship uh, course in class to help you get your mind right, get your heart right, get your life right, go to the next level in God, whether you're a new believer or not. And I want to encourage you, it, it's, it's happening this Sunday, it's launching. If you want to jump into Journey of Faith, scan that QR code. The stories that have come out of it have been life-changing. So if you, feel like, if you feel like you're at that place where you just want more, then, then I want you to scan that code, and it's going to be an incredible thing. Uh, second thing, last point, going to be quick. I've made up my mind to have the attitude of Christ. The second thing that I've made up my mind to do is have the priorities of Christ. I believe that the mind of Christ, you can't maybe sum it up in, in two things, but I think if I had to sum it up, it would be to have his attitude and to have his priorities, to have the priorities of Christ. Um, in John chapter 2, verse 17, this is right after Jesus fashions a whip and flips the tables. Remember, we don't serve a weak God. We serve a strong God with, with an opinion. Jesus has opinions. It says this, Then his disciples remembered this prophecy from the scripture, Passion for God's house will consume me. A priority of Jesus is God's house and worship. So, amazing, you're here tonight. Passion for God's house. Come on, let's take the city. Luke chapter 19, verse 10 says, For the Son of Man, Jesus is saying this, came to seek and to save the lost. Jesus cares about lost people. Matthew 28, 19, my current life verse, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations. Jesus cares about this world. He cares about his church. He cares about lost people. And I would say that if you want to really know what, to what degree you, you have the mind of Christ, to say, well, do I have the priorities of Christ? It's one thing to have an attitude that's like, man, I'm just going to believe in faith. But it's another thing to carry someone else's heart. And that's the heart of God. I don't know if you remember um, something from the, from the 90s called Magic Eye. Remember those? It was like posters and they were flat. And if you, if, if you, you can put it on the screen if you haven't already. And um, you remember these? You ever remember these? And okay, just maybe some people do. But if you would stare at these long enough, they would turn 3D. If you blur your eyes, cross your eyes, you can cross your eyes in church, go ahead. I don't know. I don't know if you could see it from here, but if you took long enough, this thing would pop out and be 3D. And it used to be like everywhere, all over the malls, everywhere. And it would pop out and be 3D. One thing I believe what will happen when we have the attitude and the mind of Christ on the inside of us and transforming us is that something that's flat on the outside will eventually become 3D on the inside. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying this. I'm saying if we can get the mind of Christ, we're going to see the world differently. We're going to see what Jesus cares about differently. We're going to walk into our jobs differently. We're going to treat our families differently. When we have the priorities of Christ in our life, we will see God do something unbelievable. We see everything differently. We see sin differently. We see our church differently. 
And I would say that we need this because if we don't get the mind of Christ and we don't have the priorities of Christ in our hearts and transforming our minds, we start to lose the wonder of how good God is. Like when those baptisms were happening during worship, I was like, Lord, I celebrate and I'm never gonna lose the wonder of someone being baptized. Like I'm never gonna lose the wonder of someone getting saved because one day I was saved. One day, I, one day I walked into a church. One day I gave my life to Christ. And you know what? Someone had the priorities of Jesus in their heart that I needed that day. The priorities of Christ. Let's never lose the priorities that Jesus has to live a holy life. To say, you know what? I'm not gonna be a person of compromise. I'm not gonna be a person that says, man, I'm just gonna live a certain way and whatever. Man, I'm gonna be a person who lives a holy, set-apart life because that's a priority for Jesus. Having the mind of Christ is having a mind that's been crucified. I wanna ask you tonight, do you have a crucified mind? You might be like, well, what do you mean by that? It just means, have you made the decision to give every part of your mind to Jesus, to give every part of your mind to God? I know we're not perfect, but I think it's important that we, we, we make progress in this area to say, you know what, God, I'm not gonna think about the world and how the world thinks about the world. I'm gonna think about the world and my life and how I should be living it on how you think about it. I'm gonna have a crucified mind. Does anybody in here wanna have a crucified mind? I hope you enjoyed listening to the Faith Assembly podcast. Thank you for joining us in pursuit of growing closer to Christ. Stay tuned for more messages released every week. God bless.